uh, just very briefly, I want to share something with you that's been on my heart. Um, and I believe the Lord has brought my attention to personally, but also the attention of our congregation in Oxford. In Oxford, uh, we have early morning prayer meetings um, three times a week at 5.30 in the morning. We have prayer meetings uh, prayer meetings three times a week for the services. And I think the intention of these prayer meetings is to seek the Lord, to seek him for who he is, to draw nigh to him, uh, but at the same time um, to seek something that we don't have. Some people refer to their prayer meetings as revival prayer meetings. Uh, we Perhaps you could say that as well. But one thing the Lord has revealed to me recently is that there is, there is we also are holding prayer meetings on a, almost a daily basis here in Oxford. Um, and I suppose the intention of, um, to draw nigh to him, to, to take the promise, said if we draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. Um, and also to seek him for something that we don't have as a church, as, as the church, as the body of Christ. Um, some may refer to it as revival, but I think in any student of Christian his history and heritage, any student of revival would know that no revival has ever come without repentance, genuine godly repentance. And uh, this is something God has impressed upon our hearts as a, as a congregation in Oxford, um, that, that repentance is not just for the unbeliever, but it is for, for the church. Uh, the Lord Jesus, six times in writing to the seven churches in Revelation, expressed the need for them to repent. And repentance is such a, such a neglected doctrine today. We, we glad, gladly talk about revival. Oftentimes don't want to talk about repentance. And uh, in studying repentance, I believe the Lord led me to the Beatitudes to begin with. And Jesus begins his first words in his Sermon on the Mount are, are blessed are the poor in spirit. And I don't believe we can ever get anywhere further as Christianity as a whole, as our local churches where we serve, but we'll never get any further uh, until we acknowledge where we are currently. And that requires this humility of mind. In fact, uh, some, what some of the Puritans have said that being poor in spirit paves the way to humility, that you can't even be humble without being poor in spirit. And the Lord Jesus' first words in the Sermon on the Mount were, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I think our, our first step of repentance and that, in turn, would cause us to grieve, bring us to godly sorrow. And this is, this is really what I want to just think for a minute or two with you about. That, um, our condition, you can, whatever country you're in, the United States of America, for me, the United Kingdom. I have the privilege sometimes of once a month we go to the Netherlands uh, to preach and, and a number of different places. And wherever you, what we are, we'll never get any further until we acknowledge that we're not where we ought to be. And the majority of us find a very hard time with that, admitting 
owning up that we aren't what we ought to be. But that's the first step in being blessed. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. And if Jesus says someone's blessed, then they are definitely blessed. But there is that there is not that blessing until we first sorrow that Paul writes about in 2 Corinthians. Let me read it for you and then, then I'll stop. But in 2 Corinthians 7, Paul speaks in verse number 8, though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent. For I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were for a season. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Not to be repentant, that ye sorrow this godly sorrow, this mourning, the human desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge. And I think to show us our, the poverty of our condition of our own hearts, and if we would allow godly sorrow to settle in and lead us to true repentance, then, then it would work in us a carefulness. We'd walk much more circumspectly. It would work a clearing in us, an indignation, a hatred for the sin, a hatred for the things that have caused us to be so poor in spirit, and a fear that we might slip back into those things, and a vehement desire and zeal and revenge that we might spend the rest of our days trying to restore, trying to see the years that the locusts had stolen from us restored for the glory of God.